this year, our theme, as we started this new year, 2022, uh, Pastor brought a theme. And the theme we are looking or we're working around is manifesting as sons of God. And the last uh, five sermons pastors uh, uh, preached to us have really been around that theme, manifesting as sons of God. And so this morning, uh, I'll be speaking to us on the purpose, the purpose of manifesting. And we are going to be looking at different scriptures to understand what the purpose of manifesting is. Because manifestation in itself is one thing, but it's purpose, the reason. Why do we have to manifest as sons of God? There must be a reason for doing that. And so turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 3, and we are going to read through verses 1 to 10. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, <clears throat> now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Verse eight, he who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared or manifested was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. 
this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Now, if we look at that passage of scripture, twice in that passage of scripture, John tells us the reasons why Jesus came into the world. And the first reason in that passage of scriptures from verse five, in verse five, John says this, you know that he appeared to take away sins. That was the reason, one reason that John is uh, emphasizing here for Jesus coming into the world. You know that he appeared to take away sins and in him, there is no sin. And so the sinlessness of Christ is affirmed. John is affirming the, the sinlessness of Jesus. In him, there is no sin. And the reason for his coming is also affirmed in that same verse, five. He appeared to take away sins. Hallelujah. The, the second reason John is emphasizing in, in that passage of scripture is in the second part of verse eight. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The second part of verse eight. And so I, I may pose a question here. What are the works of the devil? And I know if I ask each one of us, you give me a list, a host of, of uh, you know, um, of the, the works of the devil. And many of us may, may actually be talking about, you know, um, the, the, the witchcraft and thinking of demonic um, possessions, magic, and, and many more other things, the works of the devil. But the specific focus John has in mind here when he says the works of the devil is the sin that the devil promotes. And we see that in the first part of verse eight, which says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So the works of the devil that Jesus came to destroy are in the works of sin. And brethren, Satan is the intelligence behind sin from his roots. And, and, and you can relate, uh, you, you can quickly get uh, an, an overview of Satan's works, you know, by, by thinking of what happened, you know, to the world after the fall of Adam. Satan is the mastermind behind the calamities on earth, whether, you know, by direct or even indirect involvement. 
And there's, there's a host of stories in the Bible where you see Satan at work, the devil's works manifesting, a host of uh, verses. And one verse that uh, came to mind even as I was preparing uh, for this um, um, uh, preaching is the example in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. And this is a story of a crippled woman healed on the Sabbath. And Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. And the woman, the crippled woman was in the, in the synagogue. The woman who was bent over for 18 years. And all she could see was her feet. Then the Lord Jesus called her. The woman walked in front and Jesus laid his hands on him, uh, on her. And he said, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And immediately she straightened up and started to praise God. The purpose for the manifestation of the son of God was that he may or he might destroy the works of the devil. And there, wherever the, 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 the Jesus went, his presence, you know, the, the, the manifestation of the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. In that instance, that woman who had been crippled for 18 years, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. But alas, the, the, the religious ones, you know, around Jesus, they, they, they didn't like it. Since he did that work on, on the Sabbath. And they stood with the devil. They, they supported, you know, the works of Satan in that area. And not Jesus who, who came to destroy the works of the devil. But the Lord said, she is a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, and, and this is very important because he, 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 he specifically mentioned Satan in this area. He said, she is a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has, bought, has bound for 18 years. Should I not release her? He was challenging now the, uh, the religious uh, rulers. And in various ways, you know, we all have been bound and have, have suffered, you know, the destroying works of the devil. <laughs> but our Lord Jesus Christ has come as the son of God to release us from all bondage. And he has caused us to stand straight like that woman did immediately when Jesus laid the hands, his hands on her. And he commanded that, you know, her infirmity, 
you know, uh, she, she was set free from, from, from her uh, infirmity. And immediately she straightened up. And that's how we, we are um, in, in this age and time. When Jesus speaks into our lives, we, we, we are released from all bondage and we straighten up and we praise his holy name. And there, there are a host of examples that I could go into, but time won't allow us to, to give all these uh, examples. But now if we look at the purpose of the manifestation of the children of God, ourselves here on earth, And an example from the, the, the book of uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. From verses 19 to 23, it says this. From verse 19, the creation was in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed or to be manifested. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Hallelujah. And that from that passage of scripture, because of Adam's sin, the earth is laboring under curse. It is laboring under a curse. Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And the manifestation in this case means an act of showing or displaying. It has to do with exposing something that is already there. And in this case, it means to expose the real you, the real me, the mature child of God. Manifestation is actually Jesus revealed in me, Jesus revealed in you, Jesus revealed in us collectively in being led by the Holy Spirit. So creation is groaning, is waiting for you and me to act. So the pas this passage of scripture is clearly saying that nature is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. The world is waiting for you and me to come to our place in destiny. Otherwise, they will continue in bondage, in corruption, and in sufferings. And there, there are people and situations 
that are tied to our manifestations. And I must repeat this. There are people and situations that are tied to our manifestations. For when we do not manifest, <laughs> these people will remain in their hopelessness. Because some of our lives are like magnets. If we rise, we shall draw other people along with us. And we have been in positions, you know, in our families, we have been in positions in our communities, we have been in positions in, in, in our place, places of work you know, to play certain roles. And until we manifest as sons, no one will play those roles. And it is when they see us manifesting as sons that they will become interested in the cross that is in us. And that is the key. That will be the key to their salvation. And there is a host of examples as well, both in the Old and the New Testament, you know, where the sons of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And one such example um, I, I picked as I was preparing for this is from Acts chapter six, uh, Acts chapter three, verse six. And this is a story about John, uh, Peter and John going uh, to the temple you know, for prayers. And at that beautiful gate was this man who was there. He, he had been there for, for years crippled. And this one day when Peter manifested the sonship, the spirit of sonship, <laughs> when he manifested the spirit of sonship, he said these words. Peter said to this guy who was stretching his bow, begging for coins, and he said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The purpose of manifestation is to release those people in bondage. And immediately that time, Peter uh, helped the, the, the crippled man to stand up and he got up and he was praising God. And the people that knew him, they were surprised to see him that, you know, he, 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 he was in a normal state. He, he was well. That is the purpose for our manifestation is to bring people out of bondage, to destroy the works of the devil, because that is the empowerment that Jesus has deposited in us, who are called the sons of God. Another example is from 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is a long, long uh, passage of scripture from verse one to verse 57, we, I'm not going to read all that. I'm just going to 
to paraphrase, you know, to just uh, give an overview of, of what that passage is talking about. It's, it's, it's talking about David and Goliath. For 40 years, uh, for 40 days, Israel and the Philistines were in a stalemate in the valley of Ella. And Goliath, you know, <laughs> being who he is or who he was, kept asking questions. He was asking Israel to present a man to challenge him in the battle, but there was none. Are we not being challenged by situations today in different battles? Yes, we are. And Goliath was challenging the armies of Israel at the time for a man to challenge him in battle. And Israel's army was, was made of you know, cowards, for lack of a better word, not warriors, because they didn't know who they were. They had lost their identity. And the situation was so until David showed up on the scene. And David probably uh, in his teenage time, you know, a teenager as he was, but he knew one thing. He knew who he was, you know, as a covenant person. He knew that Yahweh was greater than all the false gods of the Philistines. Though David lived in the Old Testament, you know, yet he was one man who understood and manifested the spirit of sonship. And he said these ways in verses 45 to 47 of the same First Samuel chapter 17. And I'm going to read those words. First Samuel chapter 17. So David says this, he said these words. He, he had been to the battlefront. Well, he, he was sent by his father anyway to take some supplies of food to, to his brothers, the three elder bro brothers who were in the camp and to the commander to just go and see how they are doing. And, and while he was there, you know, he, he heard this man, Goliath, when he came out and he was chanting and, and, and challenging the, the armies of Israel, he heard those words. And it was, it was like, you know, it, it, it was, he was groaning inwardly of how he was going to, you know, to, 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 to overcome uh, Goliath. And he said these words, uh, finally, when, when, when he, 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 he manifested, when he understood and manifested the spirit of sonship, he said these words. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Remember, Peter and John, the ways they spoke to that crippled man, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. 
I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And this is in the Old Testament. David is challenging the Philistines. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give you, I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into my hands. Those were David's words to the Philistine. And so some of us, you know, are being threatened with the Goliaths, you know, the gods that are no gods, the Goliaths who are no, no Goliaths, the mountains who are no mountains. We, we are being threatened by all those, but we are assured in the word of God, we are assured. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, God tells us that you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That is a promise that will never be broken. And I believe that God, uh, David at that moment, when he was uh, being challenged by Goliath, he stood on those words. That you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And to defy means to, to openly resist or refuse to obey. And that's, that's what the Philistines were doing against the, 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 the children of God. Or to appear to be challenging someone, like, like Goliath was challenging the army, the armies of Israel. And so David understood, you know, his, his, his covenant uh, position. He understood that. And I'm sure he stood on this same way that he, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, that you dear children are from God and have overcome them. And I'm sure he was looking at, at this man, you know, Goliath, right in front of him, that I'm, I'm, I'm from God and I've overcome them because the one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. He understood that God had given him the authority 
as John chapter 10, verse 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and overall the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. There are a host of examples that we can give, both in the Old, the, the old and the New Testament. Another example that uh, um, I, 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 I was drawn to was actually a challenge, a challenge from God himself. In Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 1, Jeremiah had this to say. Hallelujah. He says, has Israel no sons? Has he no heirs? Why then has Molech taken possession of God? Why do his people live in his towns or cities? In the Old Testament, in the time of Jeremiah, God was asking a question. He was asking a question. Has Israel no sons? Has he no heirs? And maybe to just give a context uh, on the on, on, uh, on, on this verse, you know, the, 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 the Molech, Molech that is being mentioned in this passage of scripture was the, the demonic principality, which, which was worshipped by, you know, the, the Ammonites. It was the spirit that, you know, had occupied the, the land that belonged to, to God's people because there was no son to challenge it. And when you have time, you can look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18, verses 9 to, to 13, you know, where, where God talks about, you know, the, the things that these people were doing, which were detestable in his sight. And so whenever there is oppression or a challenge, God will be asking questions. He asked this question in the time of Jeremiah, and he is asking the same question today in our time. And I was, I was challenged as I was preparing and reading this passage of scripture, that God indeed today, he is asking me the same question. Charles, is there no son in Ashton? Good news church, is there no son in Manchester? With all that we are seeing going around, is there no sign to stand up to challenge? It's a sobering question. And I raised my arms, I said, Lord, I have failed you in this aspect, but give me the grace in whichever way, give me the grace 
Are there no sons? God is challenging us. Whenever there's oppression or a challenge, God will be asking the same question. So when we manifest as sons, we walk in the original purpose of God in creating man. And Adam was referred to as son of God in Luke chapter 3 verse 38. He was referred to son of God and we are sons of God. Men and women, children of God. And in that position, Adam was, was, was walking in dominion. He walked in dominion until he lost, until he lost it all as a result of the fall. So the purpose for the sons of God to manifest is to, to destroy the works of the devil. And we can walk in that dominion. When we walk in that dominion, we will be like John and uh, Peter and John when they stood there to, you know, to, to, to speak to this crippled man. They, they manifested the spirit of sonship. And I believe that God is taking us to that level where we are going to begin to manifest the spirit of sonship to be able to stand up to challenge situations, to challenge oppression. And Jesus came as the only begotten son of God to show us how to live like sons here on earth by his spirit and to set us manifested, to prep us. That was his purpose. He came and he prepped us. He prepped the disciples. And we are walking in that same uh, uh, steps. He set us manifested, he prepped us manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And we have the capability to do that. Hallelujah. And we can, we can, we can find, you know, um, assurance in the, in, the, in the words of God. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. If we believe in Christ Jesus, who manifested in every place where I went, when he saw the wrong things, he manifested and destroyed the works of God, uh, the works of, 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 of the devil. And he is assuring us, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And when we realize that Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil, 
we will open to him that he will destroy any works of the evil one in us, in our family life, in the church. He will. And because for this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the evil. And he has equipped us to do equally the same and even greater works he promises. Amen. I'll end the session here, uh, the, the, the preaching here. And um, I, I believe that uh, uh, God will, will speak to us in different aspects um, as we are challenged, as he is speaking and asking us the question, are there no sons? That's a big, big challenge, challenging question. Are there no sons that we may begin to manifest as sons of God that we might destroy the works of the devil? Amen.